welcome you guys to Yugo Boy Podcast. This is 2020. So I'm so excited, you guys, for this year. Um, I am Mario Javon Shaw, your host. Um, so I'm no longer a co-host. I love Nigel. Um, but he'll be coming on every now and then now. Um, but I am still a co-founder of Yugo Boy Podcast. And I thought that was really important to say that I was a co-founder um, because I wanted to still respect the fact that him and I both started You Go Boy podcast together. So each um, time I we have an episode, um, I am going to bring on a special guest. And this week we have Daniel P. Calderon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? I, I love to say your name like that because <laughs> every time it comes up in my email or even on a uh, recording just now when we did through the Zoom, it said Daniel P. Connor. So I was like, oh, I'm going to call him that as soon as. <laughs> so so well, I appreciate welcome. that. Thank you, you. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yes. It looks like it's sunny in New Jersey. It is. It was raining um, last night, like wind howling. It was weird, but um, it's yep. definitely sunny. Like the storm before um, the calm, right? That's right. And that's is, that the, is that how the saying is? Yeah, the calm before the storm. Oh, the calm before the storm. Look yeah, but that. same thing. That you you, you kind of <laughs> got it right. <laughs> yeah, where's your family from again? Uh, yeah, so I'm fully Caribbean. Um, I'm born right. in Brooklyn, but my mom is from St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, and my dad right. is from St. Lucia. Um, so, yeah, pretty pr- proud of my heritage. That is really, really dope. So maybe that's how you guys say, you, you know, the, the phrase. The storm. I mean, before the, before I can say that, but that's just my bad. <laughs> I'll take accountability for messing up the phrase. <laughs> oh my gosh! So we're gonna get to know a little bit more about Daniel. But one thing I love about when we have on a guest uh, is that we do a fireside chat with them. So we're gonna do a fireside chat with Daniel before we even get to know him. How do I even know Daniel? Like y'all don't know none of this. But we're gonna start off with the fireside chat. So. One of the questions that we have from the audience members, and don't forget, um, listeners, please, not audience members, I ain't got no, we ain't got nobody here, but listeners, um, is please continue to submit questions on You Go By Podcast um, Instagram. It's really, really dope. I love the questions that you guys are submitting. So the first question that we have uh, this year in 2020 which I, I'm honestly loving this question is how do you define black boy joy? How would you define black boy joy? How do I <laughs> define black boy joy? Um, huh, so I, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a popular hashtag, which I never used. Um, I don't know why, but, um, but I, I don't know. How do I define black boy joy? I think being unapologetic, um, Ooh. is definitely how I define um, Black Boy Joy. Just being like um, happy in who I am at my core. Um, Black Boy Joy to me is um, people sharing in my joy um, and mm. my happiness. So it's definitely like community is Black Boy Joy for me. And I think the beauty of that movement that was happening in the su- uh, summer, and I will call it a, a movement, is yeah. that so many people were just posting themselves and whether yes, they felt yeah. confident, whether they felt the the most handsome or whether their body was a certain way or whatever that looks like, like so many different types of people, you saw the diversity of what Black Boy Joy truly means. It's not mm-hmm. like you just post like a hot photo and like Black Boy Joy, you know, 
it's like everyone was really engaged in that whole thing and it brought joy. So I think the whole movement um, um, speaks to that. I absolutely love that. And it's so weird that you mention that um, because, well, first off, I think for Black Boy Joy with me, I, I agree with you on all of those things. I think living life unapologetically. And one of the things that I'm hoping to do in 2020 is to really acknowledge Black males when I pass by them. So like I was just um, walking on the trail yesterday and every Black male that I saw, I'm like, yo, what's up? You know, you're done a black, the Black man not, <laughs> you know? Um, like, you know, everything is good type of thing. And that's really what I hope to accomplish and just seeing more Black males from like soul, from a soul to soul level um, and just mm-hmm. really getting deep down in it and recognize that um, your well-being is a part of my own well-being and that's that's how i look at it yeah for sure it changed the narrative right because people yeah. see black man as angry right um yeah and there's a lot to be angry about <laughs> yeah but we took a moment to really celebrate joy which is super super beautiful so yeah. hopefully that translates um and transfers into the new year as well yes i agree with that um the second question is in relation to that hot girl summer which is so funny that uh, that you mentioned you know the black boy joy movement happening um within the summertime uh do you believe that 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 the hot girl summer is still going to continue to to last into 2020 like in this summer you know you get ready for that summer body now right (laughs) (laughs) and so as we have these new year's resolutions and you know everybody going back out going back to the gym to work out you know how are um you thinking around like this hot girl summer as we go into 2020 summer um even though we still have winter spring to deal with but you know do you think we're gonna relive that moment again in 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 summer 2020 so i think we're gonna relive it maybe but not probably using different hashtags because you know trends how it is like you need a new trend every year to keep it fresh right but um i think the the confidence that it probably gave a lot of women across the world um is pretty dope right so hot girl summer like we have people like lizzo we have like tons of like just amazing artists who are yeah. just showing up as themselves and they can literally declare to the world like, Hey, I am hot, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, beyond the summertime, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it was like beyond just an aesthetic. I think is like more like internally the confidence that black people are starting to um, really portray to the world. You know, I think we are a very powerful people and for us to go through as much as we went through for the hundreds, thousands or whatever years that we have been, um, abused. Um, the fact that we can utilize these platforms like social mm-hmm. media to like really show our strength and uh, and our power in numbers, and um, I think that's only going to go passed down to generation to generation. We're going to become even more powerful. So I think in our daily lives, um, people are going to start feeling hot and feeling um, confident, um, yeah. and hopefully the hashtag transcends into like how we think in our minds. You know, I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and so the last question that mm-hmm. I have for you in our fireside chat is so I love this question. This is the question I like to ask all of, well, we'll begin to start asking all of our audience members. Uh, so I keep on saying audience members. Um, we'll begin to start asking all of our guests is red wine versus white wine? Like, what do you prefer? red or white this is the first part this is a yeah. two-part question so red or white wine 
it depends on my mood, but I've been enjoying red um, more because it's just a common thing. A okay. calming, like C-A-L-M-I-N-G, calming <laughs> um, <laughs> thing. Like, you know, after a long days of work, yeah. just having um, some wine to really, like, put me at ease. Um, I think I've been enjoying, enjoying that more. When I was younger, I, I was liking um, white wine. Moscato. No, not Moscato. <laughs> you ain't never drink Moscato when you was a I mean, kid. I, I have, but uh, Moscato is not my thing. It's too it's, sweet. It's so sweet. It is not my thing at like by far anymore, yeah. right? Like it's way too sweet. But like when I was in college, like I was yeah. like, let's go get some wine. And like the wine that I would choose, it was always Moscato. <laughs> because that's all I knew. And that's all yeah, I was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Or for Carlos sure. Rossi. Remember Carlos Rossi, Sangria? Um, and unfortunately, um, I had some of that this um, <laughs> this holiday season. I was like, "Who bought this?" But I drank oh, it anyway. Lord. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dang, that's crazy. Okay, so now you chose red. So part two of this question is, what type of red wine represents your personality? Uh, so I will be lying to say I'm a connoisseur of wine, but um, okay. what I do, yeah, I like really a cab. Um, okay. I do like a cat, but I, I'm not that proficient in knowing all the, the notes and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, so I'm not even going to play myself. <laughs> okay, he said, yeah, a cat, because it matches, you know, the orangeness. And so I don't even know if there's any orange. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> the blackberries that pop out. <laughs> that is something I actually do want to take a class in. Um, I'm, I'm a huge, like, scotch and um, bourbon um, drinker. But um, yeah. I definitely want to take uh, a wine class so I could and be a part of the conversation, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, talk about your bourbons real quick, because, see, I'm from Ohio. And mm -hmm. so in Ohio, you know, we are bourbon connoisseurs. So, like, what's your ah. favorite bourbon? <laughs> my favorite bourbon? You know, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, my favorite um, drink overall. Um, I yes. love McAllen um, um, 12 and however long it's aged. Um, that's, like, okay. one of my favorite, like, McAllen's. I don't know what that is. Yeah, like that's like definitely. Uh, that's a favorite. good one, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and okay, and then what do you mix that with? Or that's that should probably be straight. No, huh? I I drink that straight neat, like very neat. Ooh, um, yeah. I don't want to mess up the flavor and the yeah. taste of it. You know. Uh, yeah. It's like when I put ice, I can't ice in it or any like. I mean, sometimes if someone does it for me, like a. Uh, um, they put it in a mixed drink, like like a, in New York. There's a lot of um, like these hidden bars and um, yeah. mixologists who make really really cool drinks. So definitely, I would like enjoy a mixed drink um, here and there. But at home, I definitely enjoy it. Um, these that is so cool. Yeah, I just um, got me a little bourbon bartender kit. Oh yeah, for Christmas. So. Uh -huh. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I've been I've been mixing Kentucky mules because <laughs> that's I'm loving the mules. I'm loving the Kentucky mules. Uh, uh, they taste very good. But um, I'm trying to think like uh, I'm, I made a lion's tail yesterday and that was very good. People really don't know. I didn't know what a lion's tail was neither. But I have like a mixologist like bourbon book that I'm like, yeah. reading. So they're trying to tell you that. You know, bring in all of these different bourbons and stuff. But my favorite is is Woodford, um, because it's a good middle price. 
uh-huh. in my yeah, opinion. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not too hot. Like, I love Basil Hayden, but let me tell you who don't got Basil Hayden money. Like, I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not about that. <laughs> like, I don't have right, Basil right, Hayden. Right, right, right. That's right. a lot of money, but um, no, I guess uh, that's good. I, I, I'm going to have to try it. What, what is the name of it again? Because I need to write that down. McAllen. Yeah. Okay. And it's you said fifteen or twelve. What was that number again? Um. I. I mean. I can afford McAllen twelve. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We got to be real. So, we're gonna take a really quick commercial break. We're gonna hear you know about um, Huey's Sons, who is our official sponsor this uh, year, and you're gonna hear about their awesome pins. I've been seeing a lot of our followers get uh, purchase the pins. You know they have. The 90s edition right now, which is, uh, you know, you get the Penny Proud one. What else? The Doug. Who is the one from Doug? What's the name of that? Skeeter. Skeeter. You get Skeeter and all them other people. So, you know, go on Huey Sun. You're here to commercial. When we come back, we're going to learn more about Daniel P. Calderon and how did we meet. So we'll be back with more You Go Boy podcast. Awesome. Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. That was an awesome fireside chat. Thank you so much, Daniel. No, no you know? problem, man. And y'all, don't forget about Huey's son. Like, it's really an amazing product. Um, the pins are very, very, like, of high quality. Good nickel, you know, backing. So, you know, you get some of those pins where, you know, they have, like, the rubber end. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you know, like, the rubber end at the back of them. When you put them on and then all of a sudden the rubber backing fall off and then now you can't even find the pin. I need the pins. <laughs> I'm serious. I need the pins that got that good old latch into it because I'll be doing the most. I'll be at the airport and stuff. I have lost so many pins. But with Huey's son, they have a strong backing to it. And they have all of your favorite 90s cartoon characters, different figurines, a Black Boy Joy pin, all of those type of things. So, yeah, we're going to get into talking about Daniel Calderon. And the first thing is, you know, how did we meet? Which is so funny. Just during the break, we was like, you know, we're going to figure out completely how we met <laughs> while we're on a podcast. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. so funny because it's like, I just think of you as like, yeah, Myra's my friend. Um, wait, like, how did you guys meet? I was like, I don't know. He's just my I don't friend. Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the trueness of it, I was like, I was starting Profound Gentleman about five years ago in 2015. And my goal in 2015, I remember it. As soon as we started talking about it, now I remember it. My goal was to just follow dope people, whether I liked them or not. Um, I was just going to follow some dope people who just inspired me, right? And so Daniel used to. I think you took all of your pictures off and, like, restarted them. You know, like the amazing, <laughs> fabulous, famous person you are. Um, I'm not famous. I need a new collage. Um, <laughs> you too much. And so, like, his pictures just really you know told a true story i remember one of the videos that caught my eye was him going uh horseback riding with his partner and i was just like oh my god like this is just really beautiful and i'm just gonna follow him and then he followed me back and i saw his page through our friend um brandon who is our mutual friend and that's what we eventually end up seeing seeing each other at 
um the BYOB conference. Right. Um, right. That was the first time. Yes, that yes. First that's time my boy, met? Brandon. Um yes. probably in person, yeah, for that sure. That was the first. So it was like mm-hmm. 2 years before we actually met, but like Daniel has become like a true true mentor to me just prior to this podcast. He read my short story and just gave me feedback on everything and I'm just like, oh, "I'm soaking this all in. This is just amazing." <laughs> like I was like, "I need this in my life." And and since and and even prior to that, like he has always been someone who I could go to and just trust my heart with to really just give me true feedback. And that to me is a, a true mentor. So I, I I I know I DM'd you. It was like, yo, like your page is dope. We eventually exchanged phone numbers when I was in New York. We would meet up um and just have uh dinner or lunch and we just kept in contact. And that's what millennials are all about these days is that you know we'll we'll find someone on, on Instagram and we'll say yo this person is dope. <laughs> How do I connect to this person and let's just authentically build? And I keep that circle small though. Like I really truly like, okay, who are you? Actually, it wasn't the BYOB conference. It was the, it was the, it was prior to that. It was Brandon's conference, not the BYOB. Oh, yeah, conference. yeah. So I think we mix it, it up. Was it was the BYOB School is, of um, Leadership Conference. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And Daniel um, yeah, had to mm-hmm. pre- present. He was a headline speaker. Talk about that's why he raced <laughs> out his pictures and redid it. I was just a speaker. <laughs> you <were> too much. <laughs> <laughs> he was the headline. He come in with a leather coat, probably a thousand dollars, y'all. Not um, at all. Not at all. I, I, I was, was like, where you get this jacket from? I know I was an entrepreneur, so I did not spend any of that type of money at that time <laughs> in my life. At one point in my life, I was spending ridiculously going to all the high-end stores. But um, yeah. once you become an entrepreneur, you make better decisions. <laughs> I know, I know. So yeah, just share like about our friendship, and then we'll talk about uh, going to you know who you are um, as a person and what you do. And why yeah, no, I think so I, I really, really appreciate our friendships. And uh, I know you um, share um, that, you know, sometimes I mentor you and I, I, I you do the same to me. And I think it's really important to connect with people offline authentically. Not yeah. everybody. Right. And I think you said that a little bit earlier and said, like, you, you keep that um, really small. Yeah. Um, but people that you truly connect to and people who are actually moving the needle, doing actually um doing great things um and i remember you had got four forbes 40 under 40 i'm not sure if it was before 30 under 30 i'm young 30 sorry 30 Ooh, sorry <laughs> 30 under 30 yeah forbes 30 under 30 yes um and i don't know if it was before that or we met or after it was before that. it was actually it before, before. okay, okay yeah. so it wasn't like back then you didn't know me now nah, yeah. you know what i mean it was like no yeah, you actually yeah. knew me before all of that yeah, so that was amazing, and and I and I celebrate um, black men and all in all all colors actually uh, yeah. people who are doing really really great things for the community, and I think that's why we're in each other's each other's lives, and I think um, the more we build our friendship, the more that's even going to become more clear. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So Daniel is like this amazing storyteller. Um, and you know how I am about storytelling. It's just one of my favorite things. I believe that I am a storyteller and my role on this planet is to just help launch more stories where boys and provide more avenues for boys of color to be able to share their story even with profound gentlemen that's what i believe i'm doing it's just providing avenues for male teachers of color to be able to share their story so we're able to get more male teachers of color retain more male teachers of color 
or just really showed it like we out here. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And so Daniel does storytelling in a different realm, right? I do storytelling through nonprofit as well as through writing books. Um, but he's an executive producer. <laughs> and I love it. And I, and I am gassing up because... I love, I love I, how you make that sound. You make me sound so big. <laughs> I know, I know. And, when I, and, and the only reason why I'm making him sound so big is because Daniel is just so humble. You are literally so humble. Like... Um, so Daniel has been like the he was the producer for Unapologetic with him and his partner Justin, and then he also did uh, executive producer for Kings America May. But just tell me more about what you do, and then we're gonna get into who you are because you know we don't just we don't we, you know you go you go boy podcast is not just about titles, you know we about who the person really is and authentically like deep down in their soul, like why do they choose to serve in this capacity? So tell us about yourself (laughs) yeah um so i'm from um new york i live in jersey currently and um yeah i just i think i i was just i'm from corporate america i had a long um 10-year career um working for target and amazon i was a senior level executive in human resources and i did Mm -hmm. i did that thing and it did well um and i became entrepreneur about um four almost five years ago and And in that, it's definitely the purpose of it was to have ownership and Mm -hmm. to own things um, and build wealth. And because that's something I'm really passionate about, um, because um, there's a huge wealth gap, as we already know, racial wealth gap, as we already know. And I always was the guy that, yeah, I made money. Like, um, I think my my total comp was um, probably 250 before Mm -hmm. 250K before I left corporate. And I was like, you know what? This is not enough for me. I actually want to be that guy. And I used to literally look at um, Jeff Bezos in all of his like news articles and you know all of the um, corporate communications that would come out um, for our team. And I was like, yeah, you know, some people are comfortable just making a good couple of hundred thousand dollars salary. Um, mm-hmm. And I literally want to be the owner, the top guy. Um, And not only just for financial, yeah, we all like to have a lot of money, but it's the Mm -hmm. impact that you can make in communities. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's uh, in a nutshell, um, Mm -hmm. who I am. I'm all about community. I'm all about wealth building and I'm all about creativity and using gifts, whether it be storytelling, whether it be through photographs, through writing, through audio, like podcasts and do whatever yeah. um, art form or medium that you choose to tell stories. Um, I think that's super important. Um, and then also uh, the reason why I like storytelling is because our ancestors have done that. That's how you listen, knowledge, right? Now um, you, people, mm-hmm. uh-uh, cause see, let me tell you something. That's crazy that you say that because I always say that. Um, and I, I haven't shared that on a podcast, but I always say, that storytelling is what our ancestors did as a form of, of activism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as a form of resistance. And the reason why we're, we're here today is because of the stories that they told. And that's yep. crazy that you say that. Yeah, keep on going. Yeah, Sorry, active, I want to cut you Activism, off. <laughs> resistance, and just yes. simply passing down knowledge, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if we don't pass down knowledge, then we will perish as a people, right? So, yes. um, so yeah, so I, I think that's something that I'm... Um, going to continue and i think mm-hmm. um there's a lot of records being broken the first black person to do this and the first black person to do that and um there's a lot that black people have done for so long and because yeah. we um 
have kind of strayed away sometimes from, you know, collecting and um, maintaining and uh, making sure that our stories are preserved, mm -hmm. um, that we sometimes are doing things over again that people have already done in the past. Yeah. Um, so um, that's the reason why we did Unapologetic Me, because we saw a gap in, um, like, us knowing, like, who certain Black figures, especially LGBT Black figures, um, yeah. are and what they have done. And when we started doing our research, we were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Bay and Rustin actually existed? Or, yeah. Um, we don't even talk, know? we didn't talk about James Baldwin James, fully. Yeah. yeah. And then James Baldwin, like, you know, like he's, it's, he's become more popular because people are now telling the stories yes. um, 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 lately. But there's so many other people. There's so many yeah. other great people um, who we have to lift up and mm -hmm. um, share um, stories. So I think that's a responsibility that I've um, challenged myself with. And everything that I do is to really tell our stories and um, to make sure that I empower other people to tell their story as well. Absolutely love that. I want to go back because I one thing that's unique about you once I learned uh, more about who you are as a person and one again your energy attracted me towards you which was great um, but then once I really got to know more of who you are I was like yo like this is really dope because you really did not go into the corporate America world traditionally you did it from a very unconventional way are you able to share more about that um and and your start with that because i do believe from how i see you today that shaped how you see and interpret and tell stories of the world so can we go back to to that moment like you know you didn't your upbringing and and and, and how you even entered the corporate america space because it wasn't from a traditional lens yeah, I mean, so I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know what tradition is anymore. Uh, That's true. That's true. But you know, yeah, yeah, there is a standard that, that that you know. But I don't like to go with this standard. But we, you know, we know there is some standard. You know, that that they you have you're supposed to go through. You know, yeah, I think I, I think yeah. it, it was as traditional as it could be. You know, I did the high school thing, and um, yeah. I dropped out of high school um, um, when I was younger, and then I finished on time. So. Yeah. Um, kudos to me. I'm really proud of yeah. that. I finished when I was supposed to finish, even though dropping out. And then I went to um, school. I went to um, um, community school at first and then mm -hmm. transferred over um, to Brooklyn College and um, finished that um, out. Um, and then from 16 and on, I was on my own until I reconnected with my mom um, in my um, early 20s. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I kind of put myself through college and by by saying put myself through college um there's a lot of people around me and a created family mm -hmm. that supported me so I couldn't do it by myself but from a traditional standpoint it was not like I didn't go get driven to school by my parents and all that sort yeah. of stuff and a lot of black boys and a lot of boys in general and people in general have the same similar story as me yeah. um but yeah and then um I but I want to take ownership out. of your story to understand mm -hmm. like yeah there are there are other boys that have that have gone through it, and, and you know, and people of color, but traditionally they're not going to get to where you're at. You know, I, be, me being a teacher, you know, um, and seeing a student drop out, traditionally what that 
lends itself to is years and years of incarceration, right? And whether that is through systematic, you know, forces, or whether mm-hmm. there's, you know, self-inflicted, right? Um, but the rates are high for suicide, for um, even inclu- including, you know, um, incarceration when you drop out of high school. So for you to go to, from dropping out of high school to making 250K in corporate America, right? And been able to really, and I'm not even just looking at the number, but to be able to do something that you wanted to do, right? And honestly, also even making that 250K, because oftentimes people who even graduate from college don't even get to that, right? Um, that's special. And I don't want to just override that. Like, oh, okay, everybody, you know what I mean? And I know you're not trying to do it. I told y'all he humble, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but a, I think it's yeah. interesting, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, like making total comp and that, that's like 250K with like bonus and, and stock and also um, take home salary, you know? So yeah. all of that compensation, um, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I don't think we think a lot, we talk a lot about what compensation actually means and what you walk away with and yeah. um, what total comp actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think um, being able to earn that and also to, um um, earn stock also in the company because um, Amazon gave me a lot of stock, which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but to be able to, to do that, it definitely um, um, was a journey. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I did the, the college thing and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I did a whole bunch of internships. I worked at um, MTV, Giorgio Armani, the Federal Reserve Bank, um, Scholastic. I just had so many um, different like interests mm-hmm. and but I, what i did know and what i learned from a gentleman in church who was um the first guy he he was an executive at goldman sachs and he's the one who did um my resume he was like um in order for you to make it you need a name you need to create a work of mm-hmm. art with your resume mm-hmm. um so i was like okay how do i create this work of art so i just the top names um of brands that was out there that was like killing it in their various markets and did internships and then um that actually put me in the position to get um offer at Giorgio Armani which I turned down and took the target offer um because Mm -hmm. it was a better comp at that time and um, I was super super excited I think um Mm -hmm. my comp was like 49,000 um at Mm -hmm. um target where but my friends were like making 40 and Mm -hmm. they bumped it up to 50 I was like oh I'm making 50,000 dollars a year (laughs) 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 right out of college so that yeah. confidence um, helped me. And within two years later, um, and in seven years, I was at Target. So I, I knew how to hold on to that job. Yeah. <laughs> um, got promoted through the ranks and it's really worked hard. Um, yeah. I started off um, being a, ma- um, a manager um, with a team um, in a Target retail store. Then mm-hmm. I promoted to be an HR for an entire store. I opened up stores and then I worked on um a bigger project a labor union vote project okay and um and then i think through my career what i knew um i had to do is i had to say yes and i had to say yeah. yes to the worst jobs so jobs that wow me to take that you um, did that could be career suicide i said you know mm. what i'm gonna take it i'm gonna win um mm. and that's what put me in the position to then um get promoted to hr business partner which i had eight stores out in the hudson valley um market in new york um so i was over hr operations with um, a district manager partner um and like literally i was like 25 
I yeah. was a, uh, one of the youngest HRBPs um, at that time and really having grown people like um, kind of report up to me and take advice from me. And yeah. um, that was a learning experience, how to kind of lead a team without the direct influence of being um, a direct report at that time yeah. um, because I had to lead through influence. Um, so that was a, a, a really pivotal moment in my career, in my leadership um, training. Yeah. Um, I like then, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you say? And then what you Yeah, say? and then I then went went to Amazon as a senior HR business partner and then opened up um the highest volume um fulfillment center in the company's history. Um so it was just like taking those jobs that people yeah. like think is like, oh, this yeah. is too big. And I was like, yeah. no, let's do it. Even if I fail, I know I tried and I learned a lot of lessons. Um I would have learned a lot of lessons along the way. That is so good. And what I'm hearing is like all of these things help you to shape your story. They help you to shape who you are. You were able to gain this level of confidence, right? To be able to then become an entrepreneur and to go out here and say that I could actually do this myself. I want to be the boss. He was looking up at Jeff Bezos. It's like, yo, I want to do that. Um, what's interesting and in parallel to your story, um, although I had a short, short runway, which scared the hell out of me, goddammit, because I was like, <laughs> like it did. Because um, all I did, well, and the thing is, is that I started teaching um, for me, I started teaching when I was uh, in, in my freshman year of, co- uh, of high school. Um, I was a teaching professor's major. So by the time I got to college, I had already had four years under me, underneath my belt, continued to do summer programs. So then by the time I graduated from college, I was at 19 years under my belt and, and learning the teaching profession. So I only did two years of teaching and then one year of a nonprofit before starting my own nonprofit. And what I love about our stories is that you know we got to this level of entrepreneurship very differently in 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 a sense um you know i don't want to use the word non-traditional because <laughs> there's nothing traditional i do agree with that but what's cool about it is there was this level of that this is my story this is who i am and i bet if i was to even ask you this question for me specifically i learned so much about myself through that journey that helps me as an entrepreneur would you obviously be able to to say the same like so much of what you learned at these previous jobs you know really help you to say this is how i want to show up not what i want to do but how i want to show up as an entrepreneur oh for sure like definitely working corporate um you understand how things work yeah at a high level right Mm -hmm. and i always tell young entrepreneurs like even though uh, like some people I'm not going to preach, oh, you have to go to college or you have to do anything. There's no one path. But for Mm -hmm. me, learning from the best, you know, Mm -hmm. like Amazon is like the one of the number one companies in the world, right? Yeah. So learning from the best um, is definitely, it would would definitely position you to be able to be successful as as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not be able to have the success or learn from the failures that I have um, mm-hmm. learned from if I didn't have the, the, the scope of a major corporation. I love that. So we get into the entrepreneurial world. And one thing I love is, uh, again, I started at 25, uh, you know, profound gentleman. And 
you know, Daniel's career shot <laughs> at 25. He was, you know, managing people, all of these things, you know, being a boss that he is, the celebrity <laughs> that he's not missing. Um, but what I love about our group, you know, it's like our group, we can't, we're in about two groups, right? Two, three groups, you always see. Um, and the groups mix a lot, you know what I mean? You you see the same two to three people at least, you know what I mean? We, regardless of where you go. I always tell people when I go to a conference, I can go to a conference by myself, but I, I know I'm going to see somebody that I know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's from- definitely a small world. It's a small world. It's this group of people, and you're part of that group of people that, oh, okay, there goes so-and-so, you know what I mean? And he also knows so-and-so. Um, and it's, there's, there's this connection. What I love also about the support uh, about this group is the support that we give to each other. Um, when Daniel said, Hey, I'm about to release unapologetic me, um, this, this uh, video and this, this uh, movie, I was like, okay, I'm coming. You know what I mean? I was in New York. <laughs> um, Yo, I am forever grateful to you, Mary. Like, I was like, what? You're flying in to see the film? Um, yeah. It, it just, it was, oh my God. It just made me so happy. Just everyone that came to support. Yeah. But especially- Brandy came too. Yeah, especially people who actually flew in or, yeah. you know, just came to support it. Um, that was just super special. And I appreciate you. So thank yes. you so much. So like the film was so dope and so creative and stuff. It was partnered with Native Sun, right? Y'all had a panel afterwards? Yeah, we, part we partnered with our friends at Native Sun. I um, love them. Emil Wilbekin, who I love dearly. And yes. um, like literally I pitched it to him without him seeing the film and he said yes. So um, I'm because, forever grateful to Emil as well. Because you know good energy and good people one thing my friend just said do you know daryl bellamy i shouldn't ask you, you know somebody on the on the podcast but daryl bellamy he um he says he just he does these uh year annually him and his uh woman are they do these uh, these dinners where they invite entrepreneurs and the theme is good people know good people and oh, the yeah, thing is sure. is that yeah and, and and that's the cool thing about it is that Good people know good people. So if you're good, I ain't even got to know what you're going to do. I just know it's going to be good, right? And, and there's you know this what? I think I'm going to that a little bit. I think good people want to know good people. So we seek mm, out that's to build good. networks with good people. So because I think that's one of my, um, my focuses this year. Because I think I, 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 I know a lot of people, right? Yes. And yeah. I know a lot of good people. But in order for us to grow, we, have, we just need to know more good people, <laughs> you yes. know? Yes. Um, so um, that's something I'm going to be um, focusing on and really, like, cleaning it up a little bit. Um, yeah. Because um, people that you think are good um, kind of show themselves as well. Ooh, so I think it's just, like, a, a process <laughs> and a, a growing. And then also the other piece of that, too, is that um, as you grow, mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that you maintain the levels uh, at which other people are growing as well. Um, so true. there may be a friend that's just not at the same level and you've kind of grown past them. Your, your, your networks change as well. So it's just yeah. all part of the process and growing. And, that's the part that I'm yeah. trying to understand for myself too right now is mm -hmm. that, you know, with, with all of the movement that's happening within my life, one, I'm off of social mm -hmm. media right now, mm -hmm. um, just taking a good old break. You know, I just need a break. <laughs> um, and this break has taught me a few things, but one of the things that I'm really uh, proud of that is in relation to what you are talking about is that I want to be 
a stronger supporter of my friends. You know, as much as I can, I want to be there when my friends say they're doing this or they're doing that, you know, and to me, that's the true example. Like, I don't have to be on, like, for example, that the BYOB conference, like, I wasn't on, I didn't have to speak there, but I knew you were speaking. I knew when Sean was speaking. I knew uh, that um, Brandon was speaking. And I said, I'm showing up because I want to support yeah, my yeah, friends, you sure. know? And I was like, I didn't even tell y'all that I was coming, you know? <laughs> but it was just that thing to me of good people do want to know good people. And that energy does come back to you, regardless of if it comes back to you three, four years later or not. But my thing is, I'm just so pressed. And I love using that word. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally people say, oh, they pressed, you know what I mean? Right, but I'm, right. I'm, I'm pressed to show up for my friends. I'm pressed to, to be there for them um and so i came for the unapologetic me film it was an awesome awesome amazing building talk about that film and how did you become an executive producer for that yeah i mean uh, you just good people know good people so my boyfriend actually okay. put me on that film like literally okay um, and he would ever i would be forever grateful for him to even trusting me um and seeing the talent um, that I have to to trust me to be the to do a film for the first time. This is the f- the first time we've ever done a project like this, and um, it was very difficult um, because even though I've done like campaigns and stuff like that for brands um, and video campaign pa- campaigns for brands, doing a film and telling the story, especially a dance um, film, um, mm-hmm. is very challenging and. Also, doing a film that could stand alongside um, great works um, yes, is yes. also um, amazing as well. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, I think... How did um, you even get into it? How did you get into even executive uh, producing? Because, you know, I love the fact your boyfriend tapped you like, come on, you about to do this. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's literally how it happened. And I, I think that. that's um, entrepreneurial, right? You, you know, yeah. when you are faced with a challenge that you've never... Um, been faced um, with, you figure it out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So what I did is uh, reached out to every single person in my network that were experts. And when I mean experts, like top of the line, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because um, in order to produce good things, you have to work with good people. Yes. So, um, but yeah, so that's and what And treat I did. good people right. For sure. And I want to say treat good people so, good. <laughs> I like saying that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So we um we hired our friends who were great, you know, um the friends who own dance companies, who dance on the world's largest stages, um, who's shot the biggest celebrities and who do really, really great work. And as a brand guy, um, mm-hmm. I also wanted to make sure that I stack the film with enough talent so that mm-hmm. it can fly you know yes. because if you, you know. do a, a a film that's a good idea yeah there's tons of good ideas and there's people who probably had a way better idea than we did right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, when you kind of put together the, from a marketing perspective and then also a talent perspective you have to have a good team in order for things to um, resonate um, with the world because there's so much noise out there there's yes. so much content right so, so how do yes. you get your content to really um, be seen? Yes. You yeah. know, um, I love so that's, that. that's, that's something that I really focus on. Like, you know, partnered with Emil, you know, Native Sun is just an amazing organization, nonprofit that focuses on um, 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 men of color in media. 
and really um, edifying them and um, giving them a platform that um, we can show and share our black boy joy, you know? So yeah, um, yeah I'm just really um, excited to have, I was really excited to have the opportunity to work with people in those spaces and to work with Samsung and to work with Spring Place and to work with um, so many different brands and, um, and in the film festivals who um, were gracious to accept us into um, their festivals. Um, so it, it was a, a huge community that made the film what it is today. I love it. And then, it was it two years later? You then came, or a year to two years later? Um, a year, became, a year. Yeah. A year, just a year. See, you mm-hmm. moving quick. Um, you came <laughs> out with Kings America Made, right? Um, and yeah, executive so, producer for that. So that and, was interesting because yeah. I was literally part of the project so my friend um cameron um who's amazing um, i met in australia uh we yes, was all in australia yes. together yeah we were just, yeah. Yeah. we yeah. traveled together too we it's i know baby. <laughs> yeah no, we're international. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know yes. what and daniel's the one that brought me into the uh australia trip you yeah, know with man, the rest that of, trip the was a lot of yeah. things that we're not gonna a lot of things podcast, but the but... biggest <laughs> thing was that i know right no, uh-uh. <laughs> but the biggest thing <laughs> was that so many connections were made right and, and right. yeah yeah that, the, I, the best of the best were out there like yeah. like every black person who was doing amazing things for the community and um amazing there. things in their industry was there and yeah. it was Pray just, for um, australia right now you know yeah yeah for the sure fires, the fires and everything lord jesus yeah yeah um so you did yeah. king's america man i actually that was right after that was after Australia. Yeah, you had a beard after. in Australia. You didn't have a beard after. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> it was it was recorded before then. Um, but um, but yeah. So Cameron um asked me to be a part of the um the project, and at that time he didn't even know what the project was going to be. Um, so um, friends of ours, so Dion um Mims and um Richard Brookshire um who's an amazing friend as well um shout out to the Black Veterans Projects and all of the work that mm-hmm. he's doing and the activism work that he's doing out um there in the world but yeah we came just to talk about mental health you know just mm-hmm. black men um four black men talking about mental health and our struggles with that and our um successes from that and then our our where we've failed even after recording yeah um, not failed but um where we struggled even after um we recorded um that interview and um mm. you know while so after doing it and um cam wanted to understand a little bit more as to how he was going to um produce the project um mm. he reached out to me um to help um push the project a, a lot a lot more mm-hmm. and then as a feedback partner and just a, as a partner to see like how do we um um, enter the market um, mm-hmm. and then how do we um, position the film um, for what its purpose is how do we save um, potentially more lives of um, LGBT kids yes. um, who are just suffering with mental health and who have um, suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and who probably don't have suicidal ideation and have anxiety there's just such a, a, a spectrum when it comes to mental health and mm-hmm. I think we have to talk about all of it and all of it um, talk about, uh, and we have to talk about it all as important um, yes. because sometimes we see the jarring headlines as to people killing themselves. Um, but then people are struggling with other things as well. That is equally yeah. as important. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and so how can people 
watch these films or even bring you out you know what i mean like what's the, where can we see these things yeah yeah so the interesting yeah. thing and what i'm learning about the film world because i'm still new and i'm still learning so much and um shout out to all my mentors out there who have just mm-hmm. taken me under their um their wing um to let me know the different ways that we can um, um distribute films but mm-hmm. um unapologetic me has um turned into more of an academic sort of exercise um, so we are doing um, screenings in um, universities. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing screenings um, in community centers, and we're just doing com- um, so people um, book and license um, um, the rights to screen the films in their institutions. And um, eventually, um, crossing our fingers, this is part of the plan. It may change. Who knows, right? But yeah. um, we want to create a curriculum um, um, out of the film. So That's yeah. Awesome. So if you are interested in seeing um, on a project, me and also Kings America Made, it was an exercise just to create content yes. that has a community impact, not necessarily to be in theaters or anything like that. I agree. Um, but it was more. It's so very like, academic. Mm-hmm. Very very academic, yeah. and that's what I think I love about it. Um, I. Uh, invited teachers to come so I invited mm-hmm. like four other guys for the King's America Made film uh, mm-hmm. for Unapologetic I've, I had brought uh, just one person with me but you know I, I listen I'm trying to support and King's America Made was a full house as well as both of them Shoot, it was standing room only and unapologetic I was, in the, <laughs> I was standing you oh, know um, I, I really appreciate everyone yeah. that came out to support you know the the what brought joy to my face and a little bit of nervousness when Justin and I saw the lines wrapped around and we knew that there was like over like 300 people waiting to get inside. And we were like, wow. And it's just a testament to love. And this is a testament to how our community can stand up for each other and show up and support each Mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. And I'm just super grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for you that I have to wait in that line because I had, uh, <laughs> a, a VIP ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's also cool too, right? <laughs> okay, like I, look, I was able to go. I was like, "Come on, we able to go up in the front." And, and um, and all of us, all of us went, went went through. And I thank you for that. Um, this was great, you know. And I just appreciate the stories that you are trying to tell. Um, I just have one last thing that I want to bring up. Um, because it's relate, it's in relation to storytelling and those who want to be storytellers, right? And again, storytelling, you don't have to just do film. Again, I write, um, I create avenues for males of color to tell their stories on a platform, on a stage. Um, you got executive producing, you have these things, right? And so one thing that Lena Waits said in an interview, um, which was, I, I thought it was great. They asked like, what advice would you give someone who is trying to become a director? And her response was that you stick to one thing, you stick to that craft and you really begin to manifest it. And I thought that was a very good piece of advice because it really does speak to, I think, what we have been doing over the last five years. Would you say the same thing to someone around storytelling? And in addition to that, how, would you, how do you think somebody should enter themselves into being a, a storyteller? Yeah, I think um, I, I like to keep things simple. I think just tell I love stories. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in order to be a storyteller, you got to tell stories, right? And maybe um, your, and then, your story and, first. Yeah, just share, yeah. just share and share because the more you do it, the more you're going to find your voice, mm. the more you're going to get feedback that directs you into the right um, 
maybe it's the right medium, maybe it's the right mm-hmm. style, maybe it's the whatever it is, right? So I, my advice would be to start, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't never, I never considered myself a writer. And then other people was like, oh, you write well. I'm like, really? And <laughs> the only reason I knew that is because I did it. Whether it be an Instagram post, whether it be um, a short article or a listicle or doing the listicle? first film. A listicle is like five reasons why you should not go that. to whatever, you know? <laughs> so that's yeah, like listicle. listicle. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's just different ways. So like, I think you just have to start. Um, sticking to one thing, I'm not sure. Like I, I, um, I, I, sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't because I have so many different interests um, and yeah, I, I try to do it when I feel like it. But I think go with your heart and go with your gut and yeah. whatever your gut is saying and it, um, do it and you just have to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I answered the question or you not. Did. Um, you did. You answered it from a Daniel P. Cotteron type of way, which is very <laughs> simple, <laughs> um, which is, again, just to start telling your story. Um, or to st- tell a story, right? Um, yeah, because the thing about it is that yeah. me, I suffer with anxiety and sometimes I don't do things because I'm nervous about what people may think about it. Yeah. I'm nervous about how people may react or if someone is going to debunk it or saying, mm-hmm. oh, that sucks. And I just wrote an article called 2020 AF, 2020 as fuck. And that was just my way of just releasing mm-hmm. um out there to mm-hmm. anyone, to my old church family members, to my old um, church choir members, um, mm-hmm. to you people in the the corporate world. Oh yeah, yes. I sing. Yeah, I, I actually um, 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 co-produced a gospel track too okay, um, when I was younger. Yeah, I was just like in the creative space. I just tried things and see yeah. where it landed. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, and then so that's another that's another point, right? Um, yeah. Like, I have a musical background and growing mm-hmm. up in church, directing the choir. Like, I mean, hard, hard musical background. I was in a professional group. So mm. um, I would not, uh, everything compounds to um, yeah. deliver the result that's needed for whatever that yeah. time that the result is needed for. And so you was telling that, that, that 2020 article, and, and that was a response to all of that. Like, just like, this just is. Just be myself. Yeah. Just be and, me. Yeah, just be me. And I was really nervous because I had a lot of cuss words in there. Um, I referenced <laughs> my sex life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I just kind of, you know, it's like, I'm a, I'm going to be 35 years old this year, you know? And That's I'm like, a good age. I'm a grown man. Yes. And why am I worried about what people think about me, right? Mm. So, and then, if, you know, if my story inspires someone, then it inspires someone. But, like, truly that story is for me and it's for my release and it's for my healing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I said, just do it, you know? Yeah. And, and all of the things that block you from um, starting that blog or that thing that um, blocks you from starting that company or that podcast or mm-hmm. just writing mm-hmm. an Instagram post. So posting a selfie of yourself. Some mm-hmm. people are just mm-hmm. so nervous about what people are going to say about them that they block their blessings. I agree. And I love that. I think this is the perfect um, way to end it is really taking ownership of yourself and who you are. And that's your story. (laughs) And that's just really good. Um, Daniel, I love you. You are amazing. This is just, just refreshing. And for this to be the first 
podcast that I am doing by myself. I too uh, suffer from anxiety. One of the things about me is, is, is always say, I just want to be kind. Just be kind to other people. Be kind and have patience for myself. The energy that I put out into the world is the energy I receive. And that helped me to lessen my anxiety. <laughs> like, yeah, no yeah. joke is that, um, you know, I'm always just looking for the positive things in life because I believe that same energy comes back to me. Yeah, That's for sure. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. And thanks yes. for you and Nigel for starting this podcast. And Nigel, yes. like shout out to Nigel, because the time that I spent with Nigel has been like really, really cool. He's such a funny guy. Uh, such hilarious. A, a sweet spirit. Yes. So it was just amazing getting to spend time and share space with him as well. So yes. um, kudos to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You've been listening to You Go Boy Podcast. See you again um, on the next episode. 2020. We here. Bye. <laughs> that was amazing.